join us, Sarah and Georgia, as we help you get to grips with money and take control of your finances in a fun and simple way. We talk all things money from investments, pensions and benefits to your mindset around money and steps we can take to improve your relationship with money. Together, we've got this. Hi, welcome to the Money Confidence Podcast, episode 14. I can't believe a week's gone by, Sarah. I can't believe a week's gone by. This week, Georgia, we are talking about what you can expect from the financial advice process. Yeah. So, but I think before we go ahead with talking about that, we should answer the question of the week, Sarah. Do you want to provide the answer? So the question was, who are the regulators for financial advisors? Was that the question? Yeah, that was the question. So who are the regulators for financial advisors? And the answer is the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority. And it used to be called the FSA. Remember, Georgia? Yeah, throwback. Throwback Thursday. Throwback for all those those that work in financial services. It used to be called FSA. What you can expect from the financial advice process. So initially, you will find an advisor. You might find two or three. Have an initial free meeting or initial initial phone call. You know, find find who's right for you, a good fit for yourself. Yeah, and then you will have a face to face meeting, or it could be online. Yeah, it could be. could be online these days because since COVID, mm-hmm. it's brought the old online meetings. Yeah, it has. So you have a meeting with your advisor and they'll just ask you more about yourself, your current circumstances, you know, your objectives, what you want to achieve from the meeting. Yeah, so they'll tend to do like a what we would call a fact-finding meeting, wouldn't we, where they do exactly that. They find out facts about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a bit of fact finding on yourself. Obviously, so, the more you give, uh, the better they can tailor the advice to you and your circumstances. That's the thing, like, and it can be really important, like, before you meet up with your financial advisor, like, you know, for your first proper meeting, to do things like look at your income and expenditure and work out exactly what that is so that you can then provide them with accurate information. You know, the more accurate information you provide them with, the better advice they can give. So some questions that might come up in that meeting are, so what is your income? Uh, sorry. So some <laughs> questions. I hit my nose on my microphone. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, like basically eating my microphone right now. Oh my right. God. <laughs> oh sorry i just keep thinking about when i was like leaning against my microphone and you thought i'd frozen oh my god that was embarrassing for you (laughs) i wasn't it wasn't embarrassing it was Um, literally right i'd ask sarah a question and she didn't move for like a good five (laughs) seconds like didn't move at all so i was like oh god she's frozen because we had a problem with that last time i was going oh god are you you frozen and then she just started moving and like wetting herself (laughs) i was just i was basically just relaxing my head against the microphone while i was reading something but i wasn't moving anyway so some questions your advisor might ask are things like you know what do you do for a living what's your income what's your typical monthly expenditure yeah and some some advisors might provide you with a questionnaire you know before that meeting which will help kind of explain to you what you need to start thinking about and stuff you don't need to come really prepared because 
It's good no. to have a little thing about it, but don't worry too much about it because no, the advisor no. can always help you through that. Yeah. And as long as you, I mean, you'll you, you'll have an idea of what you want to get out of the meeting, and and that's that's the main thing, really. Yeah, I think the main thing is just how, trying to provide accurate information. I think. Yeah, just be as open as you can with the advisor, and you're working together right. basically to get a plan in place. Correct. So, wonder. Yeah, that's some questions that you might you might be asked. You might be asked, you know, your what investments you have, how much cash savings you have, what liabilities you have, how much you got outstanding on the mortgage, and also mm-hmm. it's important to they're not judging you. Like no, advisors aren't judging you because I I think it can be a bit. Some people might feel embarrassed. I think about saying. You know, I've got these credit cards and these liabilities, but that's what advisors yeah. are there for. They're there to help you. We can guarantee they've seen it all before. Yeah, definitely. And most people have been there anyway before. No one's judging you. If you pick your advisor no. right that you trust, we're, we're there to help you and work with you. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. that's that's what you can expect. And you can also expect to, there's something called the risk profile questionnaire. So ah, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go into that a little bit? George, just to clarify, what is attitude to risk? Your attitude to risk is normally calculated using a questionnaire, which asks you questions on your views on risk. So for example, one question might be something along the lines of how would you feel if you lost some money in your investment? And you would answer, you know, you wouldn't be bothered, you'd be really upset. Um, I just want to say on that, because just from a previous experience of clients, yeah, they think there's a right and wrong answer, or they think you, they should be saying something. It very oh, much no. depends on the person, and there's no right and wrong. If you feel uncomfortable taking risk, then that's yeah. okay. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, definitely don't answer. Like, you know, nobody's expecting a certain result from you. You can then have a discussion with your advisor afterwards. You know, once you complete that and so you complete it and you come out with a higher risk than you would expect or a lower risk than you would expect, you can have that conversation and you can change it. It's all about, in my opinion, the whole investment risk process is all about having a discussion about what Mm. you feel comfortable with and what you can actually afford to take in terms of risk. The higher risk profile you have, you're more likely to be invested in more equities, which are kind of like stocks and shares in the marketplace, Mm. which have more potential to be more volatile. Just when you're thinking about the level of risk you're taking, so we say cash is like really low risk, Mm -hmm. although it's difficult right? because it is inflation risk when you invested in cash but as a yeah. general rule it's low risk okay and then well, you, go, you go to the high risk of for example 100% in equities mm-hmm. and and you can take different levels of risk with different investment pots yeah and it all it depends on as George said the, your capacity for loss so yeah so do you want to explain what that is so your capacity you're about to for loss well, no, I was going to say, George, did you want to explain oh. that? But, but your capacity for losses, how would it affect you? Would it have an effect on your standard of living if you lost that pot, for example? So if you had yeah. an ISA and you lost it all, okay, worst case scenario, yeah. would that have an impact on your standard of living? Yeah. So just if you've got loads of other resources and that's only a tiny part, part of your overall portfolio, then you've got a high capacity for loss in terms yeah. of that investment. So yeah. that's something to take into consideration. So you, that's your capacity for loss and also how comfortable you are taking that risk. If you've if you've got high capacity for loss, but if you saw that ISA 
investment go yeah. down, say 10%, and that really panicked you and made you really uncomfortable. It gave you sleepless nights. Well, then as much as you can get educated on what happens with the markets, yeah. you still don't want to have that feeling of being anxious about no. it, do you? So you wouldn't take the high level of risk. It's, it's, it's not worth having sleepless nights over. No, exactly. Completely agree. Whereas someone else might be like absolutely fine taking like a really high level of risk with that portion of funds. Yeah. If it goes down, they it doesn't matter because they know in the no. longer term it'll go up. But everyone's different. And exactly. just because, yes, the market, it goes up and down, up and down. And overall, it generally does go up. Just because that's the case doesn't mean we're not saying that you should feel comfortable with that. And if no. you're not comfortable with that, then that's okay. Exactly. And like, you know, there's no guarantees in anything is there and you need to think really carefully about the risks you're willing to take mm. as you would in your normal everyday life. And that, but that's a conversation. You'll, you'll complete a risk profile questionnaire, but also have a discussion around risk with your advisor. Yeah. So the next thing that you would normally do after you've no established your needs and your objectives and your risk profile etc etc is your advisor will normally go off and conduct some research won't they Mm. so So, yeah so that meeting is they'll gather all the information you know what you want to achieve you know what you want to get out of the meetings with your advisor where you want to be and then they'll put a plan in place so they'll gather all the information on your plans your pensions investments whatever you have so for example if you've got pensions with other providers they will get you to sign something called a letter of authority yeah what that means is that you give your advisor authority to gather the information on that pension or investments Mm -hmm. on your behalf so they'll contact the provider get all that information for you and then they will look at all that information and then they will build a recommendation or plan if you want cash flow modeling if that's part of it they'll do that as well and then they will arrange a second meeting with yourself or a third meeting however many meetings it takes yeah and they'll go through the recommendations get an illustration key features documents all the information yeah that you need about the product or the recommendation and you'll there, have a chance to ask any questions you might have on what you know what they've recommended to you yeah so yeah at that meeting when they've gone through the recommendations then you should feel comfortable enough to ask as many questions as you can so you feel comfortable with the recommendations and then if you're happy with that then they go ahead and put that plan in place yeah they start the process they should put the plan in place for you so they'll go ahead with kind of liaising with providers and helping you complete various applications and stuff yeah, so depending on what the advice is, there might be applications to complete. You need to provide ID documents, for example, to verify your ID. Yeah. There's also something called the client agreement. Before the implementation stage goes ahead and they put the plan in place, the advisor will go through a client agreement, which goes yeah. through their services and their charges, and you will sign that, agree the charges, and... Also, probably data protection notice as well, a data protection statement. And then after that, after everything's agreed, you're happy with the recommendations, then you'll complete any necessary application forms. And then, yeah, the the advisor and their team will contact the necessary providers and get the plan put in action, action, basically. Yeah, yeah. 
And then for, so once the plan's kind of been put in action, you should expect to have some sort of, if your, your advisor will be providing an ongoing service, you'll expect to have some sort of ongoing review process. Yeah, so a lot of times it's annual, they'll contact you annually yeah. and then you'll have a annual review meeting. But also this is just generally, um, and this is how I work, but if anything changed in your circumstances then I would yeah. ask the client to contact me so we could have a like an ad hoc meeting about that yeah. because obviously if something happens for example uh, it might be an inheritance or a marriage or a divorce yeah you know it's important to contact your advisor yeah definitely just to or I used to say if you wanted to run, pa- run anything past me or if you had concerns about anything then that's what your advisor is there for and yeah. you should use them because that's what you're paying for you're paying for yeah exactly advice. so exactly and don't yeah. definitely, there was um sorry Georgia, there was a survey about how um, women especially they don't feel comfortable asking their advisors questions even though they're paying like an ongoing advice oh really fee. yeah it was a it was a high percentage so yeah I think one at the outset you need to feel comfortable with your advisor but two just think that it's that's the service that they're offering yeah so don't yeah. feel that you can't use it and you should contact them if, if you've got a question about anything yeah do with the products or the investments that they're looking after you should contact them of course you should of course you should yeah so that's the general advice process yeah next week we've got our guest next week we will have our guest but before we discuss our guest we need to go through our question of the week do you want to ask the question of the week this week Sarah? Okay, so the question of the week this week is... Or the anticipation, eh? What is capacity for loss? So what is capacity for loss? What is capacity for loss? You'll soon find out. Or you should should have found out. If you can't remember, just rewind and listen back. Because Sarah's actually recorded this time. I've recorded it, it's recording. We've also found out that Georgia can actually record from her end. So now basically what Sarah's going to say is when I moan at her for not pressing record, (laughs) she's going to go, well, you didn't press it either. Well, so because it was quite a lot of pressure on me, but now it's both of our responsibility, Georgia. Exactly, exactly. We can do it. Yeah, that's not going to happen again, is it? No, no, exactly. You don't need to rely on me because you are not going to do it again. That's what I said last time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's okay it's not the end of the world so yeah so that's your question of the week this week you'll find out the answer next week and um that'll be when we've got our special guest isn't it sarah yes i can't wait to have our special guest george i really no, can't absolutely buzzing absolutely yeah. buzzing so yeah so we look forward to seeing you then yeah speak to you soon bye see you then bye bye All views expressed in this podcast are our own and not our employers. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. Investments can go down as well as up and you might not get back the amount you put in, especially if you take your money out too early. Investments may be subject to tax, the impact of taxation and any tax reliefs depends on your circumstances.